You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right. Uh, we've been talking about hot topics, right? And uh, we've been dealing with dating, you know, dating in the kingdom. And what does that look like? You know, what does it mean? What about the Christendom overall in the United States? And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And I want to revisit that a little bit. And then last week we talked about the one church, you know, what, what that meant. And I heard that uh, Brian did a great job that uh, the church is part of the kingdom worldwide, universal. And uh, I know for years, you know, the, the challenge is really to make sure that we're in the kingdom. You know what I mean? It's almost like we always say that, you know, God is with us, God is with us. And I've really changed my mind over the years in thinking, well, let's, let's make sure that we're with God. That's a choice that we have, right? Let's make sure that we're loyal and faithful and holding on to God and let God worry about the rest. Tonight, Bernardo and I got the topic of singles forever. Okay, and I, why is that, why, what does that mean, you know? So I saw, I saw the, um, I saw the, um, title and, and I, I didn't come up with the title. I just, I'm just doing what I was given. Okay. So I was called, it's called singles forever. Um, it, it doesn't mean that you're going to stay singles forever, but uh, the subtitle of it is what do we do with that? You know, in terms of us being you guys, the singles uh, being, that's all right. You, you can talk. I grew up in a big family and I'm kind of used to people talking. Um, but just what does it mean to live out a great single life? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I want to revisit, because in the last few weeks we've been talking about co- um, hot topics. And, and I know in the last uh, two weeks ago when I was here, we talked about the dating. And, you know, we're going against the tide. Because in the world today, there is so many, uh, so much pressure to, uh, to conform. There's so much pressure to be nice. There's so much pressure to be in our generation today, which is accept everything. And this bumper sticker, I think it is the hottest selling bumper sticker in the United States. Um, I think this one and the happy face, those are the top two. Okay? But I think by far this one is, there's a great theme to it. It's, in, in essence, we, we are, as Christians, we love everybody. We are the most tolerant in some ways of, of all people, in the sense that we accept people, we love people. But at the same time, we're called to make some judgments as well. Now, theologically and philosophically, everything cannot be true. Philosophically, everything can be false, but not everything can be true. And in this world, we're called to make a choice. We're called, and I appreciate Steve's um, input, and that's where we're going, I feel like, in the West, as well as that, hey, look, you know, this is our relationship with God. We're called to make those decisions. We're called to really safeguard our hearts. It is the wellspring of life. Uh, even this one here, uh, you know, we live in California. I grew up in San Francisco. And I'm very comfortable with, you know, the, the, uh, the gender uh, issues and stuff like that. But at the same time, we need to really look into the scriptures and see, what does God say? What does God say about gender? What does God say about his creation and the order of his creation and his intention? So we need to have that conviction as well. You know, I have two teenage daughters, and man, I tell you, in, in, in college campuses, and especially uh, in high school, they are bombarded with these things. And I, 
I, I want, I need you guys to pray for yourselves, for the marrieds, and for the high school students. Uh, they, I'm really proud of them. They, they have some deep conviction, and we need to really do a better job in going back to the scriptures and really showing God's love and God's plan and God's authority uh, as well. Here's a scripture that I really like. It says, the person with the spirit, uh, let me take this out. It says that the, the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to mere, merely human judgments. You know, what is Paul talking about? You know, the Bible teaches us not to make judgments, right? And there's one part of it which is true. You know, Jesus says that uh, don't judge lest you be judged. And there's a section to that that we need to dissect and understand what that means because seemingly it contradicts this. And it doesn't. Jesus is saying that, hey, look, when we make judgments, it cannot be from our own perspective. It cannot be from our own, you know, ideology or from our own experiences that when we do make judgments, it has to be wise. It has to be biblical. And through those lens, Paul says what? We make judgments on all things. Spiritual people, we make judgments on things. We judge whether, and we make differentiation whether they come from God or not. And that's our responsibility. We have a lot of tools. We have our brothers and sisters. And what Steve talks about in terms of like one another relationships, we help each other. But at the end of the day, all those things should help us to differentiate. Maybe that's a better word. But it means exactly the same thing. We need to differentiate. Well, what is of God? What is good for me? What is good for the church? You know, what is good for the fellowship? What is good for my family? And Paul said, hey, look, we make judgments on all things. And we need to grow and learn how to make the right judgments. Not from our prejudice or from our own perspective, but what is God thinking about this. So that, I feel like that's in these hot topics, that's where we're going. You know, we're not trying to delegate or you know, we're not trying to relegate these different topics uh, to our own decisions, but we're trying to point them all back to God. Okay? So hopefully it's been helpful in, in the last uh, few weeks as we talk about these things. And obviously it's the beginning of the conversation. It's not the end. Amen? All right. All right, I, I used to have this car, okay? Um, I have two daughters, and uh, I, I thought I was out of, you know, I, was, I thought I was going to be, mid, not midlife, midlife. I was, I was excited about where I was going. Uh, kids were getting through high school, and uh, my wife and I, we've been married for a while. We're thinking, California, perfect place to have a Miata. So I bought an old Miata, souped it up, and I loved it. And then until uh, this one came along. Okay, so this one was unexpected. This one was unexpected. She came along, and as you can tell, you know, there's only a two-seater, so we had to sell the Miata, and I, I got a Prius, okay? So I'm a true Californian. I got myself a Prius. All right. I wouldn't trade her for the world. All right. Single forever. Life that is truly life. You have such a great opportunity. And I tell my kids that, uh, you know, every stage has its advantages and obviously every stage has its desires and needs as well. Okay? So single forever, life that is truly life. I want to ask you a question just to get us thinking a little bit. This is a storm and um, 
let me ask you this. There's a situation where a guy's driving down the street, okay? It's a stormy night, really bad. And uh, he's got a Miata. He's got a two-seater, all right? And uh, he sees an old lady, okay? There's a mean old lady. There's an old lady, all right? He sees an old lady. All right, he's like thinking, I got to pick her up. I got to take her. I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, she's got a gun. All right. So anyways, uh, so you, you get, it's raining, storming. OK, so um, you pick her up or or you pick up your best friend. You see, you also see your best friend. Okay, but we got one seat. OK, who do you pick up, the old lady or your best friend? OK, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. OK, third choice. Third choice. Fabio there. OK. <laughs> or third choice. You see the person that you think that uh, you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Somebody that, wow, this, this brother is awesome. S- sorry, Steve. You have to be here for that. All right. Okay, I, I, I have to pick. Or, or the girl, the sister of your dream. I was thinking about who to pick up there, but I was going to lose. If, if, if my wife finds out, I was going to lose. So I picked a fictional person. All right. <laughs> Fabio, I don't care, but um, I know you guys uh, will talk to my wife. All right, so who would you pick up? The old lady? Uh, the best friend? Or this might be the person of your dream, the brother or the sister of your dream. Who do you pick up? Best friend. How many say best friend? Okay. All right, how many say the old woman? Okay. Oh, my God. It's like zero. <laughs> Nobody. Okay, how many of you guys would pick up, you know, might be the person of your dreams? Okay. Oh, come on. You got, this is like one third. All right. All right. The point of this exercise is what? The point of this exercise is that you don't have to go by the convention. You don't have to think that way. Here's what I would do. Okay. I would give my best friend the car, let him drive the old lady somewhere. I get off and weather the storm with a person that might be my special someone uh, for the rest of my life. All right, so. so that's what I'm thinking. You know, sometimes Bernardo's going to talk about this a lot. Singles, we can kind of think, oh, my gosh, if only this and that and this and that. I tell you, you got a great situation if you can really think differently in that sense. You know, I was talking to a brother the other day, and he said, you know, we're talking about being single and married. And, and I said, you know, if I was single, and this is no offense or not being prideful, he said, well, what would you do? I said, if I was single, I would change the world. Okay? If I was single, I would change the world. doesn't mean that I can't change the world being a married person, but we know what the Scripture says, right? That being married, I mean, you know, Gabby, i got to carry around. You know, my wife, so i got to make sure that her needs are met. Um, there's, there's a few distractions. And Paul himself says that, I actually wish that you were like me. And Jesus changed the world. Paul changed the world. But I want to look at a, a third person that we don't really think about as being single, you know, before he got married, and that's Joseph, okay? We're going to crank through this because Bernard has been working at least half an hour on his lesson. I want to give him a chance to preach the word, all right? I don't want to waste your time, all right? All right. Philippians says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content 
in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul, one thing I love about the Bible is that it doesn't ignore needs, right? I love scripture because in the Old Testament, even in the case of Adam, you realize that Adam was in need of relationship before the fall of man? You see, a lot of the needs that we have emanates from sin or from a fall of man that we need covering, we need forgiveness, we need all those things. But did you realize that Adam's need for companionship and relationship came before the fall of man? So I appreciate that about the Bible. The Bible doesn't mince words and it actually reveals things that we need. It says that we need relationship, we need companionship. But here Paul says what? He says, listen, I know what I need, but I've also learned to be content in every situation. And he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Sometimes I, I, I can imagine that as a single person, there might be a feeling of like I'm an incompleteness. Perhaps. But you know, Paul says, listen, wherever our state is, it doesn't matter. He says, we can do all things through him who gives us strength. Let's crank through the life of Joseph. I, I love this guy. You know, the Bible says that we are called to be the salt of the earth. And it says, but if salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Jesus says that there are only two options for a Christian life. Option one is that we are really doing what we're supposed to be doing, preserving. That's what salt does. Add flavor to, to foods. And actually salt was a very highly, highly valuable commodity back then. It was actually used as um, currency as well. Okay? But there are only two options. But if that salt loses its saltiness, Jesus actually says it is totally worthless and it is meant to be thrown on the ground. Actually, it used to be just thrown on the roof to just uh, protect the, the roof a little bit as well. But basically, its use is, is limited. It's the same thing of being a Christian. You see, if we don't have the conviction of who we are, if we don't have what the Bible says in the Old Testament, if you don't stand firm, you will not stand at all. And how does that work today? It, it works like this. It works in a sense that if we're Christians and we're not really, don't have any conviction about who we are, then the world looks at us and go, wow, what a waste. Right? Christianity without the power, it's really, it's really pretty awful. It's pretty awful. It's going through the motions, but lacking its power. So Jesus says there's really only two choices that we have. Either we're really full, full of salt, really doing what we need to do, or we're thrown out. And, and, and that's so true today. People laughed at Christians or fake Christians. They see double lives and they see things and they go, there's no power there. But that's not who we are, right? That's not who we are. All right. In Genesis 39, we're going to take a look at a couple of scriptures before Bernard comes out. And I just want to point out a couple of things tonight. So Potiphar left everything. This is, this is Joseph. He was sold into slavery into this home, Potiphar's house. And this is a glimpse of what he did. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. 
Okay? This kid was probably around 18, 19 at this stage. And he was sold into slavery, and he was in the house of this person called Potiphar. And the Bible says that he was so responsible. He did such an excellent job. And sometimes we take for granted the little things. Right? We think great things change the world. It's like going to Nepal or something, you know, with our bare hands, you know, ripping out the rubble and stuff like that. Those things are great too. But with Joseph, it was the little things that he did. You see, a lot of times we separate our jobs from our Christianity. We're like, man, I can't wait until I get off work and then start sharing my faith or, or whatever. But really, you spend, and I, we spend about 110,000 hours of work in our average lifetime. That's a lot of time. Hopefully we're not wasting that. He had an, he had an incredible um, example at work to a point where Potiphar said what? I don't care, man. With this guy in charge, I just have to worry about what I eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that's it. And you're going to see a thread in Joseph's character okay? that uh, he, he made something out of himself. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. I wonder if she could be a little bit more upfront. I'm just kidding. You know, um, come to bed with me with an exclamation point. Okay, and then uh, no one is good. So, jo- so Joseph said no, but look at his response. And the Bible says actually day after day, he was being taunted. And the Bible says, no one is greater in his house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. The man's got some conviction. You see, I think about myself. When I get tortured, I've I've thought about this. Um, It's it's the one-time torture I can probably get away with. Like if I'm being punched in the head, I want to die a martyr. I truly do. Okay? But I have my own way of dying as a martyr. Hopefully in my sleep. Okay? Hopefully uh, in my sleep, somebody comes up and shoot me. Okay? I thought about this. Okay? Uh, in the back of the head while I'm in, not only sleep, but in the REM stages of sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, so, uh, but, I'll, but, but I want to do that honorably, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, we, we all have our conviction. But this guy's got some deep conviction. He says, look, you know, it's, like, hey, it's a wicked thing. It's a pretty tough thing to say that to your employer, right? To have that kind of conviction. But Joseph did. And uh, that's what made Joseph uh, great. Let's keep going. So he goes through. He was put in jail because she reported him. He goes to jail. And then he helps these guys with their riddle. And he says, listen, can you tell the king that I helped you? And the guys forgot. Isn't that a bummer? Yeah. And he can be really bitter. He says, he did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. You know, bitterness is one of those things, too, that I, I think that we deal with. We get disappointed, right? Joseph, you know, could have felt like, look, dude, uh, I saw people bowing down to me. What happened? I saw my dad bowing down to me. I saw my brothers bowing down to me. And nothing happened. And people forgot about me. So the warden put Joseph in charge of the same thing. So he goes to jail. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those who had held in prison. And he had made responsible for all that was done there. 
The Lord paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success whatever he did. That's my part tonight. I want to encourage you that wherever stage or state that God has given you or I, let's do the best that we can. Let's hold on to the conviction. Let's be salt. And uh, let's make a difference that God wants us to have. Amen? I, um, I got three daughters. Two of them are going to college. I got still one. My, I'll be an empty nester when I'm 64 years old. Okay? That's a long time. But that's the stage that God has given me. I, I got to work within that confine. Amen? So wherever you are, be content. And God is with us. Amen? You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.